0: Onto the NFL, some breaking news: Field Yates just tweeted that Deshaun Watson will undergo season-ending shoulder injury. Well, I think, I
1: mean, to be honest, technically she's correct.
0: No, I'm not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what happened? I missed completely what um, she it's said. See- it's season-ending shoulder, shoulder surgery. surgery. Yeah, God. so the surgery oh. is going to oh, end. Oh, okay. And the shoulder, and maybe end the in- maybe end the season, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so he's going to need yeah. season-ending uh, we, so. we know what you
0: mean. He meant. is mm. having season-ending shoulder surgery okay. from a Thank shoulder you. Injury, Shime, right.
1: you, you leave her alone. She woke up late this morning.
0: Please, onto the NFL. Some breaking news: Field Yates just tweeted that Deshaun Watson will undergo season-ending shoulder injury. You know what, Shime? You and I are gonna have a sit-down talk after the show. <laughs> oh, when oh, you hear it again? It Jeez. is really funny.
1: All right. Devin. So
0: glad you all speak perfectly every day.
1: Devin McCourty is brought to you by the top defense if you've been injured, Catches Law Group. At Catches, you pay nothing unless they win. They are the official law firm of the New England Patriots. And Devin McCourty joins us on the Harbor One Hotline this morning. Hey, Devin.
2: What's happening, man? My night wasn't as long as Courtney's night last night, so uh, <laughs> I should be speaking a little bit better.
1: It was actually a long. It was a long morning because she overslept. Yes. I think that's the that is the issue. A rushed think, morning, yeah, really. I think so. Coming off the long night. Yeah.
0: No, I don't no, know. no. I was in bed early last night. I was in early, bed early the night before. I had had a crazy Sunday, Devin. You missed our basic brunch here in Boston. Um, and that's kind of just snowballed my week. Speaking,
1: uh, speaking of alarm clocks. Uh, what, speaking of alarm clocks, did Jack Jones arrive in a timely manner last season uh, when you were on that football team?
2: For like the games?
1: <laughs> well, I'm talking about maybe the hotel or uh, the night before or uh, a meeting here or there. <laughs> yeah, he was on time. Okay. Right. <laughs> so. Was this something that you saw coming? I mean, you played with the guy. I kind of looked at it as I think he wanted out of here, so he started to do some things that would get him up out of here because he maybe felt like he wanted to be in a different place with a different coach. Didn't really, couldn't really take to the way Bill Belichick coaching style. Like, I mean, a place where there's not a some kind of a pesky warrant or or a trial looming or something.
2: I don't, know, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think, I think he was trying to adjust. I think even last year, obviously he got suspended at the end of the year, so it's not like it was all just like great, and then it just went south the last few weeks. I think he was a guy coming out of college like he was just trying to find his way in New England and, and figure out how things are going to be done. And I think he's a kind of guy that, that's going to continue. He's a young guy in the league, so I think even going to Vegas, I think the familiarity with Antonio Pierce will help um, bridge some of that gap. I think, obviously, I think he's going to know him well, coach him in high school and college. Um, so he's going to know what buttons to push and, and, you know, how to go about, you know, getting to him and, and getting him to perform. Um, but I think he was a guy trying to figure it out. And I think the team knew uh, when they brought him in that that was going to be a part of the process, figuring out to just, didn't work out, uh, I think, for him in New England. But obviously, I think everybody that know everybody knows in that area, super talented player. Um, but I think it was just hard. It was a lot that happened this offseason. Obviously, the airport incident, then you know, trying to come back, then you get hurt. Um, so I think for him, the change of scenery might might be good for him.
1: From the outside, it seems like this franchise has slipped into dysfunctional disarray. You were there last year. I mean, is that – are we seeing it the way it is?
2: There's always dysfunction. Yeah. Okay. Dysfunctions in every organization. They're like, now that I've been out of the league and I've talked to so many different people about things that, like, we went through and things, it's it's so similar. But I think the thing that covers up everything is winning. And I've been there some years that inside the building – was kind of tough, some things going on. But we found ways to continue to go out there and win on Sunday. And, you know, you just keep rolling. No one no one cares because you're winning. But when you're not winning, I think it just it magnifies all of that. But I think when you put a bunch of alpha males together, like you're going to get dysfunction. You're going to get different trends of thought, different ways of doing things that are all clashed. Um, And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Um, But I think that always happens. And I think you need to have the certain individuals on the team that can push it forward, that can get people back focused on the game and and winning games because I think that's how organizations stay afloat. That's how they continue to progress, Um, you know, I think throughout the season.
1: Are there those guys on that team right now?
2: Well, no, because they're 2-8. and So I think, like, you can never overlook – um, what you are. I think over the last few years, we had different times during the season while I was there when, you know, you're doing interviews, and at one point, our record, I think, was two and four, and, you know, some of the games that we lost, it was like, like we lost to the Cowboys, and we gave a third and 25, where if we just don't give that up, we probably win the game. So you had all of those games kind of thrown in there, and the feeling in the locker room was kind of like, you know, we're two and four, but we're like, we're better than the, our record shows are better than a two or 14, but like, I would always say, like, I'm not going to say that because you are what you are. Like there's no such every team thinks they're better than their record. If they don't have a good record, you know, and even teams that have a good record always say, man, a couple plays here and there, we'd be undefeated. Like that never changes. So um I think at the end of the day, you always have to remember like you are what you are and you got to keep fighting to climb out of that hole. And I think that's what, You know, my thought process would be, I think that's what Bill's probably preaching to those guys in there. Like like the season's not over. We have to find a way to fight out of the hole that we're in.
0: Devin, we talked to you after uh, Andrew Callahan and Karen Grigian came out with the article talking about last year's preseason with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. Uh, they said that they talked to a bunch of players that said that the dysfunction started well before the season got underway. Now Andrew Callahan's coming out with an article today saying that Mac Jones has lost the locker room. He's talked to a few different sources. One person said he's lost the locker room eighty to twenty. Another source said that he lost a majority. Um, of the locker room do you believe that and you've been in that locker room so when reports like this come out do the guys know who I don't want to call them snakes but the people talking to the media behind closed doors are
2: no I mean I'll give you my take as a player I used to always wonder like man what players like care to tell the media about these different things and then when I was done being a player, I realized how a lot of sources come out are team sources. It's not. I think reporters write things. I think sometimes they talk to players, but I think for the most part, like if a guy doesn't think Mac should be the quarterback, like I don't, I don't think they think that change happens through the media. But I think a lot of higher up things happen through people saying things to the media. I think a lot of that comes from the team. So um, I think players continue to rotate, right? Like if a reporter reaches out to me now about what's going on in the locker room, I just don't have much information. I can give a take. I can tell my opinion. Maybe I talked to a guy, you know, last week, and I know a little bit, but I I don't have, like, all of the, like, what's going on. But, like, you know who does? Most of the people that work there, most of the people that work there continue to have those jobs there year in, year out where the players are revolving doors. So uh, I'm always a little iffy about that. Like, I think when those things come out, there's definitely truth to it. Like, I don't think reporters are making that stuff up. I think they do talk to people in the building. I just don't know how often that it's players they're talking to, and they're talking to other people, whether it's in the front office, whether it's staff, like they are talking to people. I I definitely believe that. So I do believe there's some truth because that could be coming a secondhand source of a guy who talked to a player. So um, it's not as alarming to me because the team's two and eight. So, like to say the starting quarterback uh, has lost the locker room a, a, a majority, mostly like whatever you want to say for a two and eight team. Like I don't think that's like far fetched. I like guess I think it's a little different than when you look down in Carolina with a rookie quarterback. Like yeah, he's not losing the locker room because you know they're whatever they are one and eight or two and eight whatever they are. Like he's only played the ten games his whole career, whereas now you have a guy in his third year. Where you know you're two and eight, I think it's a little different scenario. So um you look at any of the bad teams, there's some kind of question about, you know, the guy that's the starting quarterback, whether it's the offensive coordinator, whether it's the head coach. Like when you're not winning, those things are gonna start to come up. So that doesn't really surprise
1: me. Speaking of starting quarterbacks, if you were Bill Belichick, who would be yours a week from Sunday against the Giants?
2: <laughs> oh, I think think you use this week, and you basically, I think from a a player standpoint, if I was on the team, I would love to see uh, Will Greer and and Bailey Zappi taking a bunch of reps and and the feeling of that week of, like, who looks better. The bye week practice, I don't know how many times they're going to practice this week, and then leading into when they play the Giants next week, like, I would love if I was a player to see that, to see kind of, like, this open competition right in front of us because I think that that helps even your team morale of whoever the guy that goes in. It's like, yeah, we kind of saw that in practice all week that, you know, these guys competed and, and it felt like this guy did perform better. So um, I think it would be hard to go back to Mac right now. Like that was like we're watching the game and we kind of see Bailey warming up on the sideline in our screening room and I'm like, Is Zappi going in the game? It's a minute and 53 seconds left. So, like, to me, to take a guy out in that moment, he had played basically 58 minutes of a 60-minute game, and the last two minutes you decide, like, I'm not going to go with him, I think it's hard the next time you go back on the field to say, hey, you're our guy. I think it's hard from both sides. I think it's hard from a coach to do that, from having a team believe in that. And I think it would be hard for Matt to go – and handle that situation, especially after everything he's had to handle, I think that, that would be a lot.
1: Is Mac Jones salvageable here?
2: I don't know. I, I, I do think I think he will be a quarterback in the NFL. I think he'll start off as a backup. I, I don't I don't know. Like I I think it's hard to think like next year you kinda hit this reset button. Um but I will say without knowing what next year exactly looks like it could be possible. You know what I mean? Like if if everybody comes back with the same thought, right. It's Billy all off as a coordinator It's Bill as a head coach, like everybody stays exactly the same. I think it's, I think it's really hard then to say like, Hey, everything we've gone through the last three years, we still think you're the guy. Like, I, I don't know. I think that would be, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, but I think if there's change, maybe, um, but like, who knows that there is going to be change in the in the situation in New England. So um, I think for right now, if I was in, you know, if I was a New Englander, my expectation would be probably that you're watching Mac play quarterback somewhere else.
1: You played with him and you know him. How How much of what is going on with him is mental and how much is physical?
2: Oh, I think it's a ton more mental. I think – him coming in to how he started as a rookie, of coming into a team that you know lost, you know this elite, great, you know all time greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Moving on to uh, a former MVP candidate and Cam Newton, like you have Brady to Cam, and then he comes in as like the the future of the organization, and it's awesome. And you just think to like we're only talking, you know, not even a full two years later. And it's just like our whole conversation right now is, will he be the quarterback again this season? Will he be the quarterback next season? What's wrong? Like, that's the only conversation we hear. So I think for him as a player to try to go out there and, and play with that and you don't know if the guys in the locker room believe in you, you don't know if the head coach, is, the head coach believes in you, the coaches staff, like, that's just so hard to do at that level, especially playing that position. Um, I think any physical things that people think he lacks, I don't even think that gets to come um, out because I think everything that he's going through from who's been out there, offensive linemen, receivers, to who's coached him, all that stuff's been you know, such a mess that we don't get to actually see him as the player that he is. That's why I think he'll have success somewhere else in the NFL. I just find it hard to believe that somehow like it becomes new England Devin, who should be the Patriots coach next season? Oh, I think, I I think it'll be coach Belichick. Is that what you think should happen or is that what you think will happen or both? I mean, I think, I think that should happen. I don't think, I think there's other things that they can do to, to fix the issues that they've had. um, But I also believe that, like, this team needs to build over time. Like, as fans and supporters, like, we want to see, like, the team win right away. So they're going to have money in free agency. Like, so everybody's going to want to see them, like, go sign all of these players. Like, like they did that before in 2021. I think they need to identify a player or two in free agency that they say, like, this guy is the guy we're going to get. Um, I think preferably, like, some kind of offensive weapon or receiver uh, of, like, this guy is a guy we're going to get, whether it's free agency or it's trade. Um, But then I think it's – they need to figure out, like, all right, how do we get the best players in the draft and build this team? Like, when you look, teams are built through the draft. Like, their best players on their team are guys that they've had and they've drafted and they find ways to keep them. Like, that is what continues to show up throughout this league, so – um, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting guys in free agency, but I think you have to get guys that fit a role, not get your best players from free agency. So um, I think I think Bill, given that kind of team, can do that. Um, but I think they need to figure out how they get that. How do we get the best players? How do we figure that out? Like you look at Nick Casario, what he's building in Houston. You look at what Monty Asnafor is doing in Arizona. Like both those guys were in the building, and they got GM titles elsewhere. And it makes you do think, like, man, what if we? What if they just had the GM title in the England? Would that help? Mm-hmm. So I think they need to figure that out um, and, and build that way because I think some of the better teams, like the Jets, Miami's a team that, yeah, you have Tyreek Hill, but a lot of those other players were drafted and they went and they found the free agents that make a difference. You know, you have Christian Wilkinson. You have um, Jalen Phillips. You have Jalen Waddle. Like, you have those guys, Tua, that you built through the draft and then you went and got Armstead and Tyreek Hill to try to fill in the gaps, um, and I think you can't do that in one year.
1: Devin is always fantastic stuff. The man—I just want to point out—the man went from a Super Bowl-winning career in the NFL mm-hmm. to instant success as a broadcaster. Extraordinary content today, Devin. Thank you.
2: Thanks, man. I, I need to uh, put that in and record that so. Whenever you talk bad about me, I just bring that up. Yeah, I,
1: I, will, I would do that if I were you, yes. We I never, never talk badly no,
2: about never. Devin. Right. <laughs> no, not, never. no, Always all good right. things to say we'll about DMACC.
1: We'll, we'll talk to you again next week, all right?
2: Have a good one, guys.
1: All right, that's Devin McCourty. We'll be right back.